Hey, welcome back, Brando. Well, thanks, Jamesy. It's great to be back. We've got some serious discussion to make. Serious, eh? Well, I've been talking with the Abyss Coffee Co., and uh, she wants to make us up uh, our own roast, possibly. Oh, nice. we got to pick what origin we'd like it to come from. I'm thinking Caribbean. Hell. <laughs> hell, Michigan. Yes. Or, uh, or of hell, course. Is, is hell there another Cayman. hell? There's a, there, there is a hell in Cayman. Really? Wow. And uh, there's that other place where you and I booked those VIP suites. <laughs> we have them <laughs> for reserved. The, for, for, the, for the afterlife. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know, she says... Uh, we could do Africa or Asia Pacific or Latin America or Caribbean. I, I'm thinking, you know, scuba based. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Caribbean sounds pretty good, but I, I don't know. Maybe all of those places have some scuba. Uh, they've got great coffees. Yeah, yeah. Great coffees. They, say, but they have scuba too. Yeah, yeah, Man. they do. That, that's why I don't know. That's why I, I, we need to reach out to the people hmm. to um, what do they think would be the best great dive podcast? Should, should coffee roast? From our new sponsor, The Abyss Coffee Company. But anyways, um, in the meantime, go over to theabysscoffeeco.com and pick out one of your blends that you want now. All right. Because they got some great ones over there. The Kraken. The old Kraken. The Hydra. The Megalodon. The Siren. The Calypso. She's got a bunch of great uh, coffee roasts right now, and they come in a really, really cool packaging. Uh, you guys will dig it. So theabysscoffeeco.com. Uh, put in TGDP, the code, at checkout. And speaking of Caribbean coffee, Brando, I've got a story from the Caribbean. Hit me with the story. Welcome back to the Great Die Podcast, everybody. You're here with Jamaican Blue Mountain <laughs> Coffee Bean Jamesy. Jamaican me crazy, Brando. And um, I've got a story about when the dive ladder turned deadly. Ooh. But it is, and it is dive season now for, for us up here in the Great Lakes. Yes, we're back to um, charter boats. Charter boats are out. Although if these gas prices keep rising, nobody's going to... They may go like 100 feet from the dock and come back. Right. That's all you get. Uh, there's there's not going to be a lot of those charters taking you way out to the usually unseen wrecks or the lesser known wrecks. I mean, they'll go, but... Oh, you're going to pay through... $500 a charter, you know, per, per person, you know, if, if these gas prices keep going. That's just the charter. God forbid you're on open circuit mix. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, the, the the cost of helium right now. I was telling you the other day. You know yeah. what what we used to pay for a bottle of HP helium at almost four hundred dollars is now two thousand. And at four hundred, it was ridiculously it was, overpriced. It was yes, because it what I had it locked in back in the day was like my O two was twenty two dollars, and my helium was like. I don't know. It it was between forty and sixty bucks for a I remember bottle. in the yeah, I remember in the mid two thousands when I did my first helium dive with you mm-hmm. and we bought that bottle it was eighty four bucks if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. So at three hundred and eighty four we were like, What the fuck? You know, uh, it was insanely stupid high. Now it is just unbelievable. Coffee scientists find an optimal number of coffee cups for a healthy heart. That's on the um, that's on my headlines for my uh, pocket. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I'm sure it's an advertisement. <laughs> is, uh, is is it the Abyss Coffee Co? Did she, uh, uh, did she pull that article off? That'd be pretty good. The University of Dusseldorf had a couple biologists who did some extensive research. And what is the number of... Namely, four cups. Four cups is perfect? All at once or four cups throughout the day? It says... Like a slow, slow drip into the system. It says it's known that four cups or more of coffee lowers the risk for heart attack, stroke, and diabetes. Well, I'll never die of a heart attack, stroke, or diabetes. <laughs> Four cups. <laughs> Caffeine can push a protein called P27 into the mitochondria, or the energy powerhouses of the heart cells. This is what this, is what this study says. I, I'm always curious who, who financed it. Um, right, okay. because so. you know you're going to... Go to your email in five minutes, and there's going to be one that says, four cups of coffee a day will kill you. Well, if there's one thing that uh, I know that I definitely have is a cup of coffee on my way to the dive boat to get onto some great diving. But climbing up that dive ladder can be a very stressful and dangerous thing if you're not aware and you're not comfortable and... That water starts getting a little rough. And even for somebody who's experienced diving off of dive boats, it can be challenging at certain times. I mean, I, I mean I've been in some really heavy seas over the years, and those boat ladders, man, are like violent at times. Yeah, especially even if you're you're rocking back and forth or up and down, I should say, you know, two feet, depending on the chop. Yeah, I mean uh, Great Lakes, a, a three foot Three-foot seas in the Great Lakes is a rough chop yeah. because, you know, the, the impact is so fast compared to if you were out in the Pacific Ocean. I mean, the, the, the three-footer yeah. in the Pacific Ocean is like nothing. Well, it's more you know, rolling, yeah. Yeah, rolling and easing. Yeah, we have some uh, – the frequency is, is greater, so it, it's a, it's a up and then slamming the boat down, that back end. And, uh, you know, I can remember taking students on charters, telling them ahead of time, don't turn your back on that ladder. Don't turn your back on that stern. You keep it in front of you um, because it goes up and you don't see it, and it comes down on either, if you're lucky, on your tank valve, your regs. Right. And if you're not lucky, on your head and breaks your neck. Yeah, yeah, literally, it, it's... I mean, and this is kind of the situation that we're dealing with in this story today. I mean, it, it's I mean the, the the force that's coming down of of that boat, it's heavy. the whole boat, and then all that speed coming down. I mean, it looks like just a rolling little wave, but you're not going to stop it. <laughs> you and, know, you you know, putting your hand up isn't going to you know push the boat away. Right, right. And depending on what everybody had for breakfast, that's on the boat. There's a few. There could be a, a few extra pounds there. Yeah, and depending on how rough it is. Double grand slam at Denny's or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> well, that guy's probably on the back, like like spitting that back up into the water, like right on top could of you. Be, I've, I've seen be. that happen on a dive boat before. Oh, that sounds nice. A uh, diver, yeah, diver climbing up the ladder, uh, up, up the ladder right as another diver's running to the back of the boat to heave over the side. But he oh. heaved over right over the, the back of the boat onto another diver coming up the ladder. Nice, nice. That'd be a, that'd be a funny joke. 
to, to play on someone, get like some oatmeal and mix it up with something to make it look vomity. And then when they're coming up the ladder, they turn their head for a second, just act like you're getting sick and throw a bucket on them. Ooh. Who's with me? Dive jokes. <laughs> dive pranks. There's a title for your next book, James. Top 10 Dive Pranks. I love it. I, I remember an instructor down in uh, the Cayman Islands when I was a wee lad at the dive shop. Did a dive prank in, in the morning. He took some banana peels and stuffed them inside of his buddy's fins. You never have been. He was on the dive boat. You never have bananas on the dive boat. Well, he took them from breakfast. Oh. Shoved the, shoved the banana peels. In his fins. Into his fin pockets. Yeah. So then the guy's swimming around with banana peels in his fin pockets. Interesting. And he had these two more eight heels chasing him <laughs> around. Chasing around the reef. Oh. What if those eels would have got a hold of that guy's leg or something? You know, I always would have thought in the past that, you know, it, 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 it would never happen. But did you see that recent video of that eel attack? You know, that more, green moray coming out of the, the reef attacking that spear gun? Is it called When Eels Attack? It, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a whole Netflix series, When Eels Attack. He had eels on his heels. Oh, so it's a great video. I just, I just saw it bouncing around. But in this case, yeah, the guy literally did have eels on his heels. Speaking of coffee, I'm only like a half a cup in this morning. So to be able to come up with the eels on his heels, that's not bad. Impressive. That's not bad. Not, not bad at all for this morning. Well, three and a half to go if you want to avoid that heart attack. At last, Brando, after months of waiting, we were preparing to dive the spectacular walls of tropical paradise. Our frustrating wait had been compounded by the rough seas, which deterred the captain of our boat from mooring on the preferred site. After a day and a half of mediocre diving, our captain decided to zip over to the best wall for an afternoon dive. Although the seas were still rather rough, we all supported his decision with enthusiasm. And I, I think that kind of sets the stage right there for, you know... You get a lot of these divers that I've got one trip a year. Yeah. One trip every couple of years. And the weather's bad. Seas are rough. And I came all this way to do, you know, the list in the brochure of the top 10 dive sites. Or I just read in the magazine, you know, the, the top 10 dive sites of whatever this island is. And we're just doing the the... the crappy ones right off uh, right offshore i could be shore diving these let's get out and do something that we're supposed to do despite the weather not really being accommodating for the experience level of the divers yeah uh you see it all the time i mean you get on the dive boat and a lot of the guys haven't been diving in a year maybe two maybe they went and did a refresher but uh that gives them that reluctance that uh you don't want to call the dive off, man. And if the captain says you're going, basically you're paying. So you have right. that, you know, little pressure in the back of your head. Like, I don't want to lose my money. So, yeah, you go out and you, you, you do a dive that you possibly aren't ready to do. And that's, you know, the value of a good dive master, you know, an experienced dive mastering. Rather than somebody who just, you know, gets a dive master in a couple of days with no real experience interning on the water with customers and students and different levels of divers right because at some point you know 
you've got the divers that are paying money that don't want to lose their money. You got a captain that is collecting money that doesn't want to lose. Nobody wants to lose their money. Right. Nobody, nobody wants to cancel the dive because if the divers cancel it, you know, the captain keeps his money. If the captain cancels it, he's got to give the money back. So you do have this economic, you know, dilemma that occurs right when that weather gets to a certain point. You know, so you need somebody. I mean, I've been on the boats before where, yeah, if it was a different group. Right. We probably could have done this dive, but I've had to make the call before because I know who's on this charter with me. Right. And and it's it's beyond their ability. Like somebody's going to get hurt. Oh, but they won't admit that. A lot of they times. They would never admit it. Time. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot of pressure. And I, th- I think that's where, you know, the luck of me being able to have interned a long time, you know, in that dive master role. Not only that, your experience too, James. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what's involved in trying to dive impossible three to five footers in, in the Great Lakes. You know what's involved with that. You know what it takes to get back on that boat, to get off the boat, number one, but to get back on the boat. It's not so bad underwater. You don't really feel any of that. Correct. It's it's nothing underwater. It's the getting back on the right. boat after the dive. And that's where all the experience pays dividends in the long run of, of having been in environments where, you know, three to five footers in the you know, Lake Huron is different than three to five footers in Lake Michigan and is way different than three to five footers diving off of Monterey. Yeah, much different. So, but uh, I mean, we we go back to that, that, uh, that economic exchange right there uh, where the captain's trying to make money, the divers want to go diving, they don't want to lose their money, uh, but there is another thing to think of, like when the captain develops a reputation for for going out in um, against better judgment, I would I should say, right, for still going out just so that he can or she can get their money. I've right? known a few captains like that over the years. Yes. That- they're not captain anymore, which could be because <laughs> of that, that. That reputation got out of, you know, if you sign up on a boat with these guys, they're going out no matter what. Right. And, and I, I get, you know, maybe that's an old time mentality, uh, how tough you are kind of thing. But I think there's something to be said for the wisdom and uh, a captain who's willing to, for the safety sake of their passengers, to cancel the the dive correct i agree i get it when you're out there you're already in the water and a storm whips up and you have to deal i mean that that's why you need to be physically fit that's why you need good cardiovascular health as a diver it's not for you know drifting along you know the reef and cozumel in 40 feet when everything's perfect it's for when the weather turns and the shit hits the fan and you're fighting a, a surface current, trying to get back to a boat. You know, I mean, that's when it all kicks in, and you need that heart health. Absolutely. I mean, diving, diving. If you're doing it right, is very little uh, sweat equity into it. If you're doing it right, right? There's there's not that much work. Yeah, I mean, there should be zero work if, if everything goes to plan. But yeah, if. Uh, when you need it, you need it. So you need a little physical strength, and you need some cardiovascular uh, ability, some some aerobic fitness. 
As we eagerly sat through the pre-dive briefing, we couldn't help noticing the rocking boat and the three-foot waves. Pretty rough stuff for strictly warm-water divers. But from past experience, we knew that 10 feet under the surface would be placid. My dive buddy and I planned our dive. Upon entering the water, we would descend immediately, then swim straight out to the wall. We decided upon a conservative 60-foot, 50-minute dive. Nice. Right. So, I mean, this is typical, you know, uh, yeah. dive table dive table dive you know 60 feet 50 minutes um you know this is a skin diver uh, story from 1991 you know so very early on in in the pub the, the public uh the public use of dive computers you know i mean the sport computers are out everybody's either you know doing some variation of that profile yeah there were there were a few computers out there i would say it was you know like a 70 30 back then if my memory serves me. Yeah, I mean I mean this is around the time where Oceanic right. comes out with, with that little Data the little Max. puck yeah. Datamax sport, right? That is cheap in price. It's super affordable. Like everybody that's getting into diving, it's you know, at least at the shop where I was, I mean it was yeah. I mean you guys like sold my wife picking, uh, one of those. Yeah, I mean I mean everybody was taking one of those because you know for a couple hundred bucks you were into a, a dive computer. As we waited our turn on the spacious dive platform, I watched the ladder pitch violently up and down. Exiting would be no fun, but certainly worthwhile for a dive on that incredible wall. As we sat watching the ladder pitch, our dive master reminded us of earlier instructions for exiting. While removing fins, stay below the bottom of the ladder, extending one arm straight up over the head to hold on. Pass up the fins, then climb the ladder. And, oh, yes, waves come in sets. So observe the ladder first and wait for relative calm before attempting to exit. Yeah, it's all about the timing. You know, trying to get back on that ladder. Yeah, one of the worst things you can do is just like fixate <laughs> your focus on the ladder, hit the surface and just go for mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's the last thing you want to do. You got to you got to time it. I mean, you practice in in your scuba class, you know, removing your fins, climbing up the ladder and the deep end of the pool. But that is nothing like climbing up a ladder. Yeah, that's moving on a dive boat. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, going that, that's up and moving. down. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you're you're learning to hold on to the ladder. You're learning to take off your fins. You're learning <laughs> to deal with the weight, but compound that with that thing moving, you know, up and down and back and forth and shaking you and throwing you around. It's like a rodeo, I mean, man. It's like a bucking bronco or a bull. You know? <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I've been on those dives where you you. Yeah, the, you, you slip and you slam into the yeah. into the into the ladder. Uh, I've this is why also why you know you, you teach students to not rush to get right up to that ladder behind somebody because the likelihood of somebody getting thrown off and a two hundred pound guy getting thrown off that ladder with a hundred pounds of dive gear coming first at you, bad place to be. Yeah, and that's the other right, side. And you're not even yeah. on the ladder yet. No, no. 
I mean, that's that's the other side of it. Uh, you're not just climbing up a ladder that's rocking. You're climbing up a ladder that's rocking with, you know, if you got twins on, you've got 100 plus pounds on your back. That becomes really heavy when you take that first step out of the water. <laughs> so you've really got to hold on. The other thing I was going to point out in some of the ladders, and and this was a, one of the ladders I uh, when I was diving there in St. Martin a couple of weeks back, um, the steps weren't flat. They were round, you know, so your foot slips off of them real easy. All oh, the, and boat, it was the boat ladder yeah. steps. And yeah. it was rocking. And one of the, the ladies who it was a little questionable going out. And uh, one of the ladies who had very little dive experience was uh, getting a little nervous she went and talked to the dive master. She ended up going out, and she ended up, her foot slipped on that. She ended up all bloody from uh, her shin crashing into the, the step on the ladder when it slipped off with the, the tanks. I think she was at least my age. She was in her 50s, and she was not having a good day. <laughs> right, yeah. Anyway. That's tough. What I'm getting at with that is the ladder steps themselves. Those round ones versus the flat ones, those things you got, all that stuff you've got to take into consideration. You know, I even slipped on it. Um, I didn't tear up my shins or anything, but this woman did a number on hers to put ice and bandage her up. Um, I've I've been there before. You know, yeah. it's it's you know when I get onto a ladder now, man, I'm like hyper focused and diligent with each and every step. You mm-hmm. know, making sure my my foot's placed. You know, my knees in control. Yeah, my my, my hand grip is solid. With, with I don't just zip up a set of steps. With, with dive gear on, you know, it's everything's calculated for that very reason. Number one, I don't want the embarrassment of slipping and looking like an idiot. But two, I don't want to like blow out a knee, like like slip a foot through and hyperextend a knee through the rungs of a, a ladder. Or, you know, God forbid all the possibilities of, of injuries that could occur if you're not super focused and attentive to what's going on with that moving ladder. Yes, and... Yeah, working slowly and uh, very deliberately. In other words, the timing of taking your fins off. If you're struggling taking your fins off, you're going to have a bad day. Yeah, Right, and then you're already winded. And then generally the, the go-to for a lot of people is they're winded. They just want to get out of the water. So they rush to the ladder and they rush to climb up, and that's where the problem is. This is where we come back to that, you know, that cardiovascular health and being in shape for diving. This is when it all, you know, comes true when I mean, you need you it say have it yeah you, you say like having a hundred pounds of gear on your back if you're diving a set of twins but i mean even people diving in somewhat temperate water with a a thick wetsuit on I me mean, you got a 40 pound tank on your back you've got you know 20 pounds or so of of weight like on to accommodate that thick suit i mean even a regular you know somewhat cold water single tank divers got a good hundred pounds of gear on top of their own body weight that they're trying to climb up. And if you're fighting the, the movement of the water and the movement of that boat, that's some good physical exertion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The dive though, Brando was glorious. Glorious. Nice. Certainly worth the battle with the rough seas that they had topside. At the pre-planned time, we sadly departed the wall and headed back to the boat. As we got shallower, the surge on the sandy bottom increased. No problem. 
I rather enjoyed using the surge to propel myself forward to the boat. Once we'd made it to the stern, I noticed that the ladder was thrashing violently up and down in the waves. One step visible, then four steps, one, then four. Oh well, I told myself, time to pay the piper. I'd get it over with. I proceeded to the ladder and somehow managed to hold on, although staying below it was tough, especially since I was tired from the dive. Not only was the ladder rapidly pitching up and down, the surge was swinging me back and forth. I felt like a rag doll in a washing machine. Yeah, baby. That's when you you realize, you know, Mother Nature is just toying with you right there. Uh, Right. (laughs) If it wanted to, it would just crunch you into a little ball with her, her little fingers and, you know, flick you away like, okay, I'm tired of you. Yes, it, it really, you know, a, a situation like that really highlights how insignificant we all individually are <laughs> exactly. in this world, you know. Like, yes. At yeah. any moment, you know, the, the world can just crush us and put us away. And like, like she mentions, you know, that surge, you know, and I, I like how she's saying that she kind of liked letting the surge carry her back in. You know, and we've dealt with many short dives, you know, you and I together and mm-hmm. a lot of the listeners all over the world know, you know, the surge is great if you can, time you know, it. learn it and time mm-hmm. it and use it to your advantage. You know, I remember doing a, a dive, you know, down in Cozumel where you're know, doing a short dive where you had this little inlet that you had to get in and out of. And if you could be aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. you, you didn't even really have to swim out or right. in. You just... could just let... You let could carry let the surge you all work for. But if you weren't paying attention to that and you're just trying to get in the water and fight through it, one, you were going to be exhausted in a matter of 10 feet of distance. You will lose. And you were going to probably be smashed into fire coral and sea urchins and just beaten to oblivion. Yeah, you will process. lose that fight. You will not beat the surge. Why fight it? Yeah. That is something that you have to learn to dive in and it helps if you learn to dive in it with someone who's used to it that knows how to use it yeah and i think that's the the value of what i was saying a minute ago about of the difference of just having a dive master on the boat and then being somebody new and traveling with an experienced dive master from your shop at home Mm -hmm. that knows you that uh, knows your experience level that can help guide you into making right decisions Oh, absolutely. So you're you're going to teach a class uh, this coming weekend uh, down in Texas, James, right? True facts. True yes. facts. Are, are you where are you diving? If you don't mind me asking, we're diving in Lake Travis. <laughs> you're supposed to say, "I do mind you asking." It's a classified <laughs> location. It's classified. <laughs> well, you're probably not going to have too much surge there. I uh, the reason I, I was asking was because uh, I had to travel out to Seattle to teach a class long time ago and uh right there in alki beach where we taught it the surge must have been like 20 or 30 foot right and we're diving off the shore so we have to go out there and i'm trying i line up my students in front of me and i can remember just the surge would take us out like 20 feet you just you'd see all the ground passing underneath you like you're you're being towed on a scooter but right, but right. everybody kind of just sat hovering there and we all rode the surge 
together. Together as a group. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, visibility got stirred up a little bit, but it was nice sand there. Anyway, the long story short was it was a much more difficult class to teach in many respects, but at the same time, God, wow, this is how you really use Surge. This is how you you play in it, I guess, or you work in it. Yeah, there ends up being like a whole new bonus lesson, learning experience. Yeah, yeah, and a whole new bonus lesson in there, for sure. We went out to Catalina years ago to film a bunch of like skill like skill videos, mm-hmm. you know, for for training videos. It, beautiful clear water, the beautiful scenery beds, in the yeah. kelpery, and you know, you know, pretty marine life swimming around you. And, orange Garibaldi, you know, yeah. The, the, yeah, those beautiful orange Garibaldi next to the green kelp. It's, it's a gorgeous sight, but you know, but when you get fixated on wanting the the background. Yeah, you know, for the shot to have like something cool to to see in addition to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing a removal and replacement of a regulator or a mask or whatever is one thing. But when that surge is going, there's, there's no fighting the surge Don't to try it. to stay in the position, <laughs> you know, by yeah. the kelp, you know, bed right there, you know. So it really threw a wrench in what we were trying to accomplish until we learned. You know, it took a day or so to learn. Okay, this is stupid trying to fight this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, just just roll with it and use it. You can use it. So, you know, for example, letting that surge carry you in a direction you want to go, you can kick while it's carrying you there and you'll you'll move, you'll fly and then just relax on the on the pull back. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't try to fight not pulling back. You're you're going back. (laughs) You know, where you cover the ground is in that transition slack. Right. So. When it's pushing you out, you swim with it to get, build up some speed, and then as the transition goes, you got a couple of kicks where you can glide a little bit, mm-hmm. but you're coming back. Yeah, just relax. Just ride with it. Somehow, she says, I managed to get one fin off. Now, for the second fin. <laughs> and then I dropped it. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the the moment of doom, isn't yeah. it? Like when you got you got one fin on, <laughs> one fin off. Yeah, you can you can kind of move, but you kind of can't move where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, God forbid the surge takes you away from the boat. And you didn't have a good grip when you got your fin off because eh, you might have to put that other fin back on because you're not going right. to move. Yeah, and, and that's one thing that I see people do all the time is you know they take their fins off way too early, too early. Yeah. way too early. You know, um, if you're on the surface and that boat's anchored or moored, Mm -hmm. you got to remember that all of the current is generally going away from the boat. You know, (laughs) the wind, the wind's blowing the boat around. So, you know, you got to wait till you get to that ladder before you try taking fins off. If you take your fins off and you're 20 feet away from the boat, you're never going to get there. If If there's even the slightest surface current. Or at least make sure you got a hold of the tagline if you are doing that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even keep my fins on, yeah, holding on to mm-hmm. that tagline. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I, you know, walk that tagline all the way up to that boat ladder, get on that boat ladder. Okay, now. Yeah, now I'll take I'll a take, fin off. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. now I'll take a fin off. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I wait till I get there. I actually wait till I got my hand on the ladder and then I take a fin off. Get a good foot on the on the ladder. Take the other one. I was in the recommended position below the bottom of the ladder and holding on 
with all my strength. As the ladder and I rose with the crest of a wave, my grasp gave way, and the ladder was jerked from my hand. Well, here you got to know this. If you are holding on to a ladder, and it's rising four steps out of the water, and you don't have your foot on the ladder, oh. you're not going to be able to hold yourself with one hand out of the water, hanging with your scuba gear on. You have to be super strong to do that. I mean, you got to be in the somebody movies. that... It doesn't right, happen like, in real life. I mean, if you're like a super fit, cross-fit monster that can do it's like a hundred... James. You it's can do a hundred pull-ups. <laughs> you're still not going to be able to do that one pull-up. Right. It's difficult. It's extremely difficult, and, and 99.9% of people out there would not be able to hold on to a ladder that pulls you out of water and without your feet on that ladder. Right. You, your, yeah, your feet need to be planted on that bottom step when you secure the grip. Right. And then, Otherwise, it's going to get ripped from your hands. Yeah, and then you'll, you'll, you'll just rise up like an elevator. Then you're on the, the, the bucking Bronco ride. Kind of. Right? Kind and, of. And at least, yeah. at least if it comes down violently and you're losing control, you can like jump and push yourself away water. from the ladder. Right. But just to get that thing slipped out, you rise up five, six you know, feet out of the water. Uh, that BC expands that little bit in that and you become <laughs> positively buoyant. You're stuck on the surface and that ladder's coming right back down at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah get away from that thing when it's rocking. Well, as I'm sure you can imagine, Brando, in the next instant, the ladder came crashing down on my skull. I was stunned for a second, but cognizant. I dropped one fin, but after a moment's thought, decided not to retrieve it. After all, I now had no fins to help propel me through the surge. She says, once on deck, I was told there was blood streaming down my face. When my buddy surfaced seconds later, my fin in his hand, he said, I looked like a war victim. (laughs) Which war? I, like I'm imagining, you know, you know, World War One, where they, you know, uh, they just come out of the trenches, you know, the the tin the tin hat, you know, uh, in their lap and uh, you know, bandaged up around the, the front of their head and you know over their, you know, over the top of the head and under the jaw, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of bandage, you know, war victim look. Fortunately, both a nurse and a doctor were on board. Once they stopped the bleeding disinfected the wound and applied ice they determined a wait and see approach was appropriate instead of immediate evacuation to medical facilities on shore by the next morning my wound was healing nicely i was in the water again by the afternoon she says we went on to have a wonderful vacation in relatively calm waters for the remainder of the week but i must confess to losing a few hours sleep wondering what might have been The bottom of the ladder hit me at a slight angle, allowing it to glance off my head. Had it hit squarely, it would have surely cracked my skull wide open, knocked me out, caused a concussion. The list goes on, she says. Yeah, head trauma. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... mean, Broken necks, uh, broken skulls. It'd be like getting hit in the head with a sledgehammer. Yeah, it hurts. It's like having a Hurts donut. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> a hurts donut sorry 
<laughs> or Hertz Donut. Do you ever have a Hertz Donut? You don't remember um, that old joke? I, I, I'm understanding the joke. I don't remember the joke, but I clearly understand. Well, it's like if somebody comes in, hey, who wants a Hertz Donut? People going, oh, I'll have, a, I'll have a Hertz Donut. And somebody will say, well, what's a Hertz Donut? And then they punch them. And they say, it hurts, Hertz don't it? Yeah. Yeah, those were the jokes I had growing up. Those nice, were the jokes uh, my dad would tell me. Uh, hurts, don't high. it? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, what did I learn? She says, plenty. For one thing, I'd forgotten to wait for a calm period before attempting an exit. I'd been anxious about that ladder since before the dive started. I think my anxiety caused me to adopt a get-it-over-with-quick attitude rather than the more rational, thoughtful approach so necessary to safe diving. And just like most things, you know, underwater, Brando, Mm -hmm. it's the rushing and the anxiety and, you know, not thinking through and just going for something without a clear plan which is what's going to get you in trouble. Absolutely. Without a clear plan is the key there. Because, I mean, three footers that they're in, I mean, no doubt about it, you're going to deal with an angry boat ladder. But it can easily be managed if you've got some awareness, you've got some practice, you know, someone's helped guide you through the process of what you're doing, you, you've understood that fully. You could manage a three-footer. Six-footers... Well, that's getting really rough, but still even it's going to be a lot more work. And that's where, you know, your your health and comfort's going to really pay dividends for you. But you just rush into it and you're going to find yourself in a bad spot real quick. Well, yeah, it's, uh, the rush means you're not thinking. And if you're not thinking and carefully planning out each move in those waves, it's going to get you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I look at it like, um, you know, if you were skiing. Mm-hmm. And you're on the top of a ski hill. I mean, that skier is going to take a moment and look down the hill and visualize mm-hmm. a line that they're going to take. Like a mountain biker is going to do the same thing. They're yeah, just, they're not just going to like drop over a hill, drop over a cliff, and go for it. I mean, they're they're going to see and visualize. They're going to already know the path that they're going to take. And you kind of have to have that same vision and planning when you're approaching a boat ladder. If if the seas are a little bit rough. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's probably the best advice you can give right there is plan each move. Plan how you're going to, uh, you know, get on that ladder, hold on to it, get a fin off, when you're going to get the fin off, when you're going to get a foot on that ladder. Like I say, once you have, a, you know, two hands and a foot on the ladder, you can ride the waves up and down and wait for a little reprieve in the action sometimes. Right. I mean, I, I get on the back of a boat, you know, hanging out on a tagline, waiting for my turn to get back up. A lot of people already, you know, masks up on their foreheads. Yeah. St- start talking about the dive, just completely aloof to, to the whole situation. That's rarely me. I mean, when I'm yeah. back on the boat, yeah, we'll start laughing it up and chatting. But, like, I'm not listening to you. I'm, I'm focused on getting out of the water because, to me, that's still, like, the very last step of the dive. So, I mean, for that, I mean, I'm still turned – on and focused on finishing this dive. I'm, I'm, I'm not flipping that switch to off mode yet where I could just kick back and relax until, you know, me and my dive buddies are out of the water and we're ready to rock. From now on, I'll make the exit a part of my pre-dive plan. 
giving myself several options from which to choose. I'll visualize each option before entering the water so they'll be easy for me to remember if need be. The exit approaches I've thought of include, and she gives us a couple of uh, ideas you know, for, uh, for the listener. And back in uh, 1991, for one of the readers of I Learned About Diving from that Deadly Dive Ladder Turns Deadly article, she says, hold on to a tagline to remove your fins. Hand them up from there, then swim over to the dive ladder. Now, I'm assuming she means she's at the platform with a hand on that platform and has control of the boat a little bit, right? Because to me, I I go, just getting, you know, on the tagline, you know, and, and getting close enough to hand up a fin, you need to have some connection to the vessel that's secure, Right. And for me, that is I, I, I would take that tagline into the into the swim platform, mm-hmm. go from the swim platform to the ladder. And I've got one foot on the ladder, one hand on the ladder. Now I can ride up and I'm in the motion of the ocean, if you know what I mean. Yes. And you can time taking off the other fin. But to do it just with the tagline, there's no structural you know, stability to just the tagline. That tagline's there to get you to something of a stable grasp. That being said, she says, if no line is provided, ask for one. And any good captain and and dive crew worth their weight, if the weather's slightly rough, should have some sort of a tagline on the back of that boat. Oh, yeah. Even when it's not rough, they usually have one. At least yeah, the and, and, guys and then a lot of them up here, you know, when the water's rough and the, the boat's moored, they'll throw, you know, what we generally call a granny line going from, you know, the back of the boat up to the mooring line. What about all the gramps out there? Oh, gra- grandpas don't need a line. Gra- Any grannies. Gramps like, fuck you. Get off my Grandpas lawn. jump in. The, they just <laughs> jump in and go, man. They just, <laughs> they don't even make it to the wreck. They just, you pick them up five miles offshore. <laughs> They're pissed off and angry about it. <laughs> they tell stories, you know, the whole ride home of how it was back in their day. Back in my day. That's why it's called a granny line, not a grandpa line. She says, use fin removers. Attached to the straps, these devices make taking fins off much easier and quicker. Before, they looked silly, but now they look great, she says. Remember those, uh, you know, back in the day, back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, those fin removers that you could put on yeah. on your fin, the, the little rubber triangle, little silly little fin removers, which w- when you had just like a pair of rubber fins or even, you know, plastic fins back in the day that had the fixed buckles, because early 90s, this is when, you know, the quick release little fast tech style buckle, that was like, that wasn't even really around yet. It was or maybe just starting to come out. I mean, they were all pretty much fixed fixed fin straps for the most part in 1991. So to get a fin off, I mean, the, a rubber strap had very little stretch to go around a, a heel of a dive boot. It's not like a set of spring straps that are so common today. Yeah. Um, even with the spring straps, you can struggle if you, you know, especially if you got a tight-fitting boot. You know, and it's rubber, and they get stuck in your rubber fins. Um, I mean, there's little tricks you can do, but I do appreciate having a little tab to hold on to my, you know, to grab that fin strap with, with dry gloves on especially. You know, trying to get a finger underneath that spring strap at times 
Could be challenging. Yeah, yeah. and if you've got tight fin straps, it'll, you'll struggle a little bit. And I don't, I'm always like, I just like to have these things off. I mean, there's an upside and a downside. If if they come off easy, the downside is they come off easy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, so, yeah, but it's important not not struggling with uh, your fins in the removal, that's very important. I've had difficulties at times with different fin straps, like those Hollis fins that I have for my uh, rock boots. Yeah. Those have a nice little loop to, to grab with your finger, and it's a big enough little loop there on the back that you can use a dry glove finger. Yeah, pretty easy to pull off. Yeah. Ask for help. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, she said, I could have asked someone to help me exit. But that would have made me look weak. Soft. It would have. Like I need help. (laughs) Dudes, if you need help, people are offering, take it. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, in, in diving, you know, it's not just you versus that ladder. I mean, it's you versus the whole entire ocean. You know, that's in that's tag team wrestling with that ladder. That's tag team wrestling, triple man tag team wrestling with yeah. that boat. I mean, that's a that's a huge fight. The whole ocean, James? You're taking on the, the whole ocean? The you whole ocean. You're like, fuck you, ocean. I will take <laughs> you down. What, what, what? And not only the ocean, you forget the ocean is influenced by the moon, by the wind, the temperature changes. So you've, you're taking on the ocean, the moon, the sun, the wind, and uh, the entire weather Fuck you, system. universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the ladder is moving too roughly, let go. Then think about other alternatives while waiting for a calm spell. And I, I guess uh, you and I should uh, you know, make mention that by letting go, you have to be 100% aware of where you let go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, because you can get into a lot of trouble just letting go at the wrong time or the wrong place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to make sure you're pushing away and then like exiting mm-hmm. away. Yeah, get away from that rocking boat. So, I mean, it's a, it would be nice to, to be doing this uh, – this podcast narrating a video of, of a rough water exit onto a charter boat, you know, via a ladder. It would be a, a good way to do this little podcast, but we're not going to do that. You know, you know, a, a better way to do this <laughs> would have been to be watching a video after having properly manscaped for the dive. Because, you know, uh, you would have used your weed whacker to trim up those air hairs and <laughs> ear hairs nose and hairs. nose hairs, you know, so your mask is fitting better. You don't better. have snot hanging you down been, your nose. Right. You don't, you, no big boogers <laughs> hanging on to those nose hairs, you know, no freshwater jellyfish stuck in your face, you know, after the dive from those big goobers and boogers hanging, you know, because you're properly uh, uh, manscaped for the dive because... You, like good listeners of the Great Dive Podcast, went to manscaped.com and put in the offer code TGDP. You got 20% off and free shipping, right? Free damn shipping. 20% off, free shipping, the right tool for the job. You can't lose with manscaping. Your balls will thank you. So will your nose hairs or your lack of nose hairs. 
And you'll be able to hear the Great Dive podcast better because you will have cleared up those disgusting ear hairs. Have you ever seen a really bad ear hair uh, person? Because I got a story for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I have. I Holy have. cow. Yeah, there's a guy. I used to deliver the Detroit Free Press, which is a, a paper that goes out at like 4.30 in the morning. Well, it used to go yes, out. Yes, it doesn't anymore. Yeah. Nowadays, it comes on your computer right. screen when you go. Yeah, these people will to... never understand the, the manual labor involved. But So I would have to go pick up my papers around 4-ish, and there was a little donut shop near the place where we... Uh, used to pick up our papers, Grant's Donuts. Well, Grant worked there, I should say. It was called Murphy's back in the day. I thought it was Hertz Donuts. Well, they had Hertz Donuts, but you had to ask for one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, old Grant behind the counter making the donuts, which were awesome. They were ten, little 10 cent a piece donuts. So like a, ba- a dozen was a, a buck 20 in a bag. They were those little just tiny sugar donuts. You'd be frying, deep frying them up. He had like an inch of hair coming out of his ears. He was he was warm in the winter. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't even look like a human. It's a lot of ear hair. How you doing, Grant? <laughs> what? Huh? What? Can I get a Hertz donut? What? Crabby old man with uh, long ear hair. Manscaped.com, people. Uh, put in the code TGDP. Get your 20% off and free. I would have bought him a Manscaped kit. <laughs> Finally, she says, if the surface seems too rough for my own personal capabilities, I hope I'll have the maturity and common sense to abort the dive and wait for a safer opportunity. And that's the thing that we started off with is, hey, I'm in Grand Cayman for a week. I've only got five days of diving. Yep. The first three days, you know, it's been rough. And then, uh, you know, so I didn't get to do any of the cool dives you know, no holds barred. We're, we're going to the, the, the dive site today because we have to get it in. You know, that attitude, you know, for somebody who doesn't have the experience for that environment it can be, be very bad. dangerous. Yeah. The, the, I must, I, I have to, I don't know. I, I don't really have that. I, and then maybe I did have it at one time and it was, it's not a good thing, but I don't have it anymore. I know that. Right. I mean, I, I've, I've done enough diving, you know, all over mm-hmm. the world that you know i'm i'm pretty satisfied with even today i mean if i never did another dive i've i've done a lot of really cool kind dives. of a big deal and <laughs> and and then i know you and i both you know can have a great time not diving you know, in 20 in 20 feet <laughs> right, of water exactly yes uh-huh. you know you know we we can make a good dive 20 feet of water in a local lake you know and, and have a great time it doesn't have to always be the big dive no. for us to enjoy ourselves Agreed, a hundred percent. Just, just, yeah. Have the maturity. I think I like to call it maturity, but have that ability to just say no. To quote Nancy Reagan, just say no. Just say no, people. Well, there you go, everybody. That was from Julia Lantner. Uh, Dive ladder turns deadly from um, 1991. Skin diver. Cool little article. Remember that um, planning your exit out of the water is just as important as planning the dive. In fact, it's part, it should be part of the planning the dive, right? I mean, that's the last, it's the last part of the dive plan is, is the getting out of the water so you can take your equipment off and it should be part of that planning process. What about the old option of, uh, just tie that tagline onto your tank valve, inflate your BCD and let them tow you in. What about that option? Is that viable? (laughs) 
Is that a real viable option? And then when you get back in the harbor, you can get back on the boat. <laughs> yeah, just told, told me to where I can stand yes. up. Yes. Now, I, I know of stories. I haven't been in any of these, but I do know of stories where a person was so obese that we couldn't carry, you know, they could not get him back onto the boat. Okay, he was that big, 300, 400 uh, pounds, right? Yeah, I, I, I've I've seen captains refuse people like that for that yeah. reason. Like, like if something happens, there's no way I'm. Getting- How can I get you out? If the person was unconscious, you'd have to tow them into the harbor. That's not a good look. No, 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 no. Don't be that guy. All right, everybody. Well, hey, good lessons to be learned, James. Yeah, good lessons. Watch out for those dive ladders. And uh, shout out to our. Uh, friend tracy local captain out here with a new boat he's got an elevator he just put an elevator on his dive boat there's one way right there to kind of aid in that dive ladder dilemma is uh just have him go swim onto the elevator used to have one of those uh over in tobemori you remember that yeah it was uh it was a different style it was like a whole uh uh, it was a uh, big one elevating swim platform in the back was pretty cool And, and i there was a captain that ran around the great lakes that had a crane on the back I've of the I've been boat. on one of those boats, that, that, yeah. Where you could take off the your twins. doubles and he'd just crane them up for you. Yeah, the the one boat I had, I was on, they had a uh, one of those little cranes on it. The gunnels was four and a half, five feet high. You you couldn't <laughs> right, yeah, see. So that's why, yeah. <laughs> over you, couldn't, you, couldn't get over, yeah you couldn't get over the side yeah. of the boat to get yeah. back on, especially with a set right. of gear on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, be aware of the boats. I mean, uh, like, like you mentioned earlier, you know, some boat ladders are easy to climb up. Some of them are very difficult mm-hmm. to climb up. You know, so having an idea of how you're getting back on that boat, it's one thing if you're using a commercial vessel. But, you know, just I've been on boats before where everybody jumped in off of like a friend's boat. We can go out on yeah. my boat. And then it's at the end of the dive, you're looking at the back of that boat with all your gear on going, how the hell are we getting back on this? You're taking your gear off in the water and you're hopping it up. Like yeah. That, that, yeah, like like that ladder ain't going to work. Yeah, and be aware of your, your captain, too. Be, there's a lot of things to learn from this story. And going out in rough water, while it's a captain's decision, he or she can cancel it. Um, it's also your decision as a diver. You need to know your capabilities and be honest with yourself. Yeah, there you go. God damn it. Well, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week to the Great Dive Podcast. Uh, Brando, should we sign some logbooks? Let's sign uh, logbooks, Jamesy. Brando, would you like a God Hertz damn it. Donut <laughs> after this dive? Were <laughs> you going to well, go? Of course. I have a hard time figuring out witty witty little signings of these logbooks. And then you should have you should have went for it. You shouldn't have let me go first. Dear Jamesy, lucky you have those headphones on because some of that ear hair is sticking out the bottom. I think you need to get some manscaping going, buddy. I'm going to go trim up Do right it. now. All right, everybody, we will see you next week. Maybe you can get a job uh, cooking donuts. <laughs> same dive time no same bottom time should we call it bottom time yeah, yeah. same bottom time same uh billman algorithm do we want to use billman again or do we want to use something else oh, no, you change it up a little bit uh how about rgbm or something there you go know. okay all right everybody we'll see you next week <laughs> okay that was sufficiently ridiculous so
Bye. 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 Bye.